Hey there everyone, welcome back to the Seeking Refuge podcast, and I know it's been a little while since I've uh, gotten a new episode posted here to the podcast, I apologize for that, life's been a little bit crazy, we actually sold a house and moved and just a lot of things going on, so um, I'm actually on a long layover in the in the truck, uh, many of you know I drive a truck for a living, and uh, so I had time to get caught up a little bit, and uh, we only have a couple episodes left to do on this uh, on this second season of the Seeking Refuge podcast. We've been talking about fundamental Christian beliefs, and uh, tonight's podcast we're going to be talking about the blood of Jesus, and specifically five important facts and uh, significant details about the blood of Jesus. And so I thank you everybody for tuning in again, and uh, remember our key verse, Psalm ninety-one, verse two. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. God is our refuge in these crazy times, and uh, this podcast is is devoted for Christians to come together seeking refuge from the world in God's unchanging Word, and uh, I tell you what, refuge is needed in times like these, and um, certainly I asked uh, this evening that you'll remember in prayer the many needs around the world uh, you know I think about what's happened in Afghanistan Christians there and uh, many Christians in persecution worldwide and I mean real persecution they are going to lose their lives for what they believe and uh, I tell you what um, I think it's pretty well anticipated that most of the Christianity in America would not hold up such a biblical test I don't believe Um, you know I've even talked to God myself and said if my life were on the line right now for what I believe how well would I hold up and I'm tell you what if you're going to be a professing believer in Christ knowing that it could cost you your life you will only be able to maintain that profession of faith through the power and the Holy Spirit of God you cannot do it on your own there's nothing that makes us gives us the ability uh you know in all honesty the bible tells us we don't even have the ability to talk about jesus with others if it was not by the leading and power of the holy spirit so uh you know it just it's just crazy it's heartbreaking to see what's happened and what is happening all around the world uh we know israel is at the center of it in all honesty because Uh, The prophecy plan is the enemies of God will come against Israel at the end time. And we're starting to see that stage get set more and more every day. So it is really time to seek your refuge in the Lord. It is time to get saved and uh, to get right and get ready. Because um, the judgment of God is going to come soon. And I think he showed us all the signs we need. So, uh, But anyway, tonight we'll talk about the blood of Jesus. Uh, Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9. Thank you so much for tuning in again. And uh, I'm excited about this Bible study. I enjoyed studying it. And uh, we'll we'll dig pretty deep on the five important and significant facts about the blood of Christ. And uh, before we start, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you for the the time sitting still where I can study and then... um, get caught up on the things for this podcast and then also share 
what you've given me with others, Lord. I thank you for everyone that tunes in. And Lord, you know their hearts, you know everything they're going through in life and what they're dealing with, Lord. I certainly pray that you'll help them and give them peace, Lord. Give them knowledge and discernment and wisdom concerning your perfect will for their lives, Lord. And uh, together as a group, we, uh, we lift up all the Christians around the world and um, many in persecution, Lord, many, um, you know, in fear for their life, many, many tribulations, many trials are starting to befall your people, Lord, and, and uh, we pray for those, we pray for their boldness, we pray for their courage, we pray for their strength, we pray for their protection, Lord, their safety and their deliverance, Lord. However it would be, Lord, we just pray that your will would be done and nobody else's. We ask that you bless the study tonight. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you for the blood that forgives us and, and washes away our sin, Lord. Thank you for the sacrifice of our Savior. And uh, we just pray that you'll bless the study this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let me get caught up here. Hebrews chapter 9. I'm not even there yet myself. If you hear a little bit of... Uh, rumbling noise in the podcast this evening that is the truck running ran into some bad weather from the uh, tropical storm Fred and some flooding and some power outages caused me to get stuck with my trailer until tomorrow so I've been here at this truck stop in Pennsylvania and uh, the Lord has given me the ability to get some tracks out to people and witness to some people here so that's been uh that's been fruitful and I'll tell you what it's important to tell people about Jesus but I've learned something over the last probably 18 months the ability to do so does not come from ourselves it comes from the Holy Spirit it comes from the Lord and sometimes we hear people that say well I'm, I'm a soul winner I go out and tell people about Jesus this and that you don't do anything you can't do anything without Christ and uh, I went through a phase where I was just finding it incredibly difficult to go out and tell others I felt indifferent at times and hindered and uh, I tell you what I don't want to go back to that so Lord whatever it was I pray that that goes away and that you'll just do it and it won't be for me it just be from you and just help help me yield to your Holy Spirit Lord to keep telling people about Jesus and I pray that for everyone listening in as well that God will bless you with the boldness and the courage and the strength and ability to share Jesus with others um, grab some tracks, get some tracks from your church or whatever and, and give them out and tell people God loves them and uh, you'll get a blessing for that and you'll get a reward in heaven for it as well. But alright, Hebrews chapter 9 and uh, you know I'm just going to figure out where I want to start here. I'll just uh, read, let's just start in verse 1. So Hebrews chapter 9 starting at verse 1. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary so first covenant we're talking about the mosaic covenant the law given to moses this is telling us that there were ordinances given to moses concerning serving god divine service that's how we serve the lord in worship and in church right in their case in the temple or in the tabernacle uh, it says here that the first covenant also had a worldly sanctuary. That is a sanctuary on this earth, which we have all over the place in our country, uh, in the USA. We have um, churches everywhere. 
and all over the world there are churches some are in houses some are underground but that's what we're talking about so this first covenant had those things as well for there was a tabernacle made the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shoe bread which is called the sanctuary we know that the layout of the tabernacle and the, and the things that God talks about uh, you can find out a lot about that stuff in um, uh, let's see yeah you could find out about it in Exodus and uh, maybe some there in Leviticus and uh, numbers in Deuteronomy you can read a lot about that but Exodus would definitely disclose a lot of what we're talking about there and after the second veil the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all so there was a inner veil um, and entering into that veil you were entering into the, the holies of holies so it was considered to be the holiest place at least on earth obviously it wasn't heaven um, very specific conditions and ordinances were given in order to enter in and as well only the high priest which at that time when the law was given was Aaron we know now we have a different high priest don't we we have Jesus Christ and the veil was rent when Christ was crucified meaning every one of us through Jesus has access to the holies of holy that is we can all enter in before God into the holiest place which is heaven because of what Jesus did let's look at verse 4 which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. And over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood. See the pattern? There was a sacrifice made, of, uh, and blood was spilled in that sacrifice in order for the high priest to enter in the Holy of Holies. Alright, we're still in verse 7 here which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. It was a sin offering. Verse 8, The Holy Ghost was signifying that the way into the holies of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect. As pertaining to the conscience you see that um, man was not made perfect with through the sacrifices through the gifts through the offerings um, because you know he still had on his conscience the burden of sin okay the separation of God separation with God or I should say enmity with God so they could bring the offerings they could get the forgiveness they could do it every year it was ceremonial but they still carried the guilt and the shame and the conscience of being sinners and alienated from God with them perpetually at that time. Alright, so verse 10. Which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. Verse 11. But Christ. That's the important part. But Christ being come in high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is to say not this building 
remember Christ, um, when we get saved, our body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So the church building is is a is a gathering place, um, but a more perfect tabernacle made uh, not made with hands. That is God turning us into um, Christ's body, into the tabernacle, the dwelling place of God. God living in us, wanting to live through us, so that other people through. God's life being lived out through us would come to know Jesus as Savior for themselves, okay? Verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Okay, so... Fact number one about the blood of Jesus. It was necessary in order to validate the new covenant because the, 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 the thing is, blood, it was a blood covenant. Even the covenant given to Moses in the law, the law required divine service. It had ordinances. It had sacrifices and required blood in order for sins to be forgiven. So just as the first covenant required blood, so did the second. The first covenant was blood of animals, which could not perfect man. Uh, the blood of bulls and goats and things could not take away the sins. It could only be an atonement or a temporary covering until man sinned again. But now we have the blood of Christ, which was shed for the redemption of the transgressions. Um, and so those of us that have received Christ have received eternal inheritance through his sacrifice but the but the but the main fact to this scripture is the blood of Christ was necessary to validate the covenant this is one important reason why you can't take the blood out of the gospel we'll go we'll keep going a little bit further here verse 16 for where a testament is there must also of necessity be the death of the testator right um, so for there to be a New Testament, the, the one who would be the testator, which is Jesus Christ, would have to die. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood, which I just said. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost, and, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. 
It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the, of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Praise God. Look at uh, verse 25. Not yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. Christ only had to be crucified one time for all sin. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Isn't that amazing? So uh, a lot in Hebrews chapter 9, go back through that, um, if you will, at, at some point, and just look at the necessity of Christ's sacrifice, uh, which he couldn't have been sacrificed any other way. The blood was completely necessary to validate the covenant. Um, so here's the second fact. Go to 1 Peter, if you will. 1 Peter and go to chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, uh, we'll, we'll keep going another verse here. Who verily was foreordained, foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Uh, isn't that amazing? So, basically, the blood of Christ is fact number two. It redeems us. It's incorruptible. And it's necessary for salvation. So, without the, the shedding of the blood of Christ... Salvation could have never came about for us, okay? Um, it was, uh, it was the, it says here, we'll just go back through it, verse 18. We're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Now, you think, I think about the term redemption. Uh, redemption kind of in, in, the, in, in the Bible is a picture of um, a trade-off or, or, or a sale. Um, when you redeem something, you give a certain monetary value to it, and then it's yours. And I've redeemed it for the cost of 30 pieces of gold or whatever, right? That was the exchange. But with the sacrifice of Christ, we were not redeemed. We were not purchased with silver and gold. God did not place a monetary or worldly value on us, but an eternal one. He purchased us through the precious blood of Christ, which there, there's, you know, we know Judas placed a monetary value on Jesus' life, but Jesus left the splendor of heaven and heaven's glory for us. It's priceless. And so um, the exchange, you know, is unbelievable. Why would Christ give up everything amazing in order to save me? Um, Clearly, I'm the one that came out on top in that trade. And if you believe in Christ Jesus as your Savior, you can say that as well. 
you're the one that came out on top of that trade-off, Jesus giving up his life and spilling his blood in order for you to be purchased and redeemed to God. And if you've been redeemed to God, it's also important to realize that means you belong to God. And therefore, God has a say in how you live, the things that you do, and everything else. I think it's important. Um, so, fact one. The blood of Jesus was necessary to validate the new covenant. Fact two. The blood of Jesus is it was incorruptible. It was perfect. It was without sin. And it was necessary for our salvation. It redeemed us. Okay? Go to 1 John, if you will. 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. Now, 1 John does not mean the first of the books with the name John on it. In other words, not the Gospel of John, but the first epistle of John, which is uh, just a little bit past Peter towards the book of Revelation, towards the back of the book there. 1 John chapter 1, and look at verse uh, 7. says this, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. We'll keep going. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So part of walking in the light is accepting truth. Part of accepting the truth is accepting the fact that we have failed God and we have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Part of understanding that is... Through confession we have forgiveness, and it says here that it is the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, that cleanses us from all sin. So, fact number three about the blood of Jesus is that the blood of Jesus is what cleanses us from all of our sin. Look at Revelation, this kind of emphasis on this point, Revelation chapter 1, and look at verse 5 reads in from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead in other words the first raised that points to the fact that we will also be raised from the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood see the importance of it so you can't take the blood out of the gospel if you do you're changing the gospel and it's no longer the uh it's no longer the gospel. It's something else. So the blood validates the New Testament. The blood redeems us and is necessary for salvation. The blood cleanses us from all sin. Here's another one. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Ephesians 2. Uh, we'll start in verse 11 actually wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands this is just the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles that at that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. Okay, let's let's consider what this is saying. 
We were alienated from God because we did not have Christ. We were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, meaning we did not have any partnership with the family of God, the blessings or promises that were given to God's people uh, after the flesh, which is Israel. We were strangers from the covenant of promise. It was foreign to us. We were without hope. A life without Christ is a life without hope and without God in the world. And that's how we lived as lost people, without God. Verse 13, but now, <laughs> I love it. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus makes us close to God. Amen. We're made nigh to God through the blood of Christ. Why? Because that blood is all about the covenant. <clears throat> Let's look at one more here. That was four. So here's the first four again. The blood of Jesus was necessary to validate the New Testament. The blood of Jesus redeems us and is necessary for our salvation. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus makes us close to God. And five, the blood of Jesus gives us peace with God and it was necessary for the perfection of the believer. Go to Colossians, if you will. Book of Colossians, you're in Ephesians, you'll go to the next book over is Philippians and then you'll get to Colossians. Look at chapter one and look at verse 19. It says this, for it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. In who? In Christ. And having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath He reconciled in the body of His flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. That all came about because Jesus was willing to die on the cross and shed his blood for us. So the blood of Christ was necessary for us to have peace with God. And, it, and, and through the blood of Christ, the believer is perfected. Everything that we've done wrong, and we, you've probably heard this term if you've been around church, we say it a lot. It's under the blood. It's uh, the blood shed at Calvary now speaks for me because I've accepted Christ and his payment for my sin. And, um, and you can do the same. So that's the study for the night. Kind of short, um, but powerful and a powerful reminder. And we need it. It's basic. But, you know, a lot of the basics of Christianity are being forgotten, not being taught, and a lot of people don't understand it. I hope I brought understanding to you about the blood of Jesus and the importance of it. Furthermore, if the version of the Bible you are reading takes the blood of Jesus out, get a new Bible. Um, I rely on the King James Version. I will eventually do some King James Version Bible... Um, why we why I rely on the King James Version, why I believe it's the preserved uh, version for English-speaking people. I'm, I'll do that eventually on the podcast. Um, I'm not telling you which Bible to read. I uh, just, I want you to read the Bible. 
and uh, the blood of Jesus is so important to us that I personally wouldn't read a Bible that took it out of it, that took it out of the picture. All right, so we got to realize sin is transmitted through the blood, through the DNA. Um, it's passed from generation to generation, and just as one man's sin, who was Adam, is passed to all of us, so is one man's righteousness, Jesus Christ. Because his blood was 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 perfect, he didn't have the sin nature. A lot of people don't know this. This is a little extra tidbit for you before we close out tonight. Babies, when they're in the womb, they do not receive their blood from their mother. They actually produce the blood inside of themselves. The embryo uh, of a of a of a baby of a life in the womb, the embryo actually produces the blood itself so man's corrupted genes the DNA in man when man's seed is the one that fertilizes alright the egg and life is conceived in the womb had man been the father of Christ the sin nature would have been passed through the DNA so when Christ's embryo in Mary's womb developed the blood, it would have been corrupted. So God took man's corruption out of the equation by having the Holy Ghost conceive Christ in Mary's womb so that there would be no flawed and sinful nature in the DNA. So in Christ's blood, I mean, he developed his own blood in, his, in the womb, the embryo, of baby Jesus developed the blood on its own and so there was no transmission of the generational sin curse passed down to Christ so he was all man and all God with divine blood I mean he had you know the origin of his blood was essentially divine because of that and so it was he was perfect um, that's how he was able to withstand the temptations. That's how he was able to withstand the suffering. That's how he was able to perform the perfect will of God because um, he was an incorruptible, incorrupted man. Could he have? Could he have sinned? I mean, the temptation for him to sin was there. He still suffered everything that we suffered. He still had the emotions. He still had the weaknesses of the human body. But he had something we didn't have. He offered it to us by sacrificing himself at Calvary. And thank God that he did. I hope you enjoyed the podcast this evening. I hope the sound quality is good enough for everybody to hear. I hope I wasn't drowned out by the uh, idling truck and the trucks around me. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. And conveniently, the, the last of the podcast in this season, in this series, will be on the virgin birth. So we'll be touching on that again completely fundamental beliefs that we have to believe as Christians to understand Christianity and um, and then and then I'll go in prayer for a while and we'll figure out what studies that we should do from there in season three so I'm getting excited about it I hope you are too thank you so much for tuning in tonight Lord we thank you for the podcast the ability to do it everybody that listens to it it truly is a blessing Lord thank you so much for the blood that you shed for us so that we could have forgiveness of sin, that we could be cleansed of our sin, 
that we could be reconciled unto you. Thank you, Lord, um, for salvation, for eternal inheritance, uh, just for every blessing that we've received through you, Lord, and through your finished works at Calvary. I ask that you bless everyone that listened in tonight and, uh, and that will listen in. And, Lord, help us. We need your strength. We need you. Um, it's getting harder and harder to walk in this earth every day, especially to walk circumspectly and diligently as an obedient Christian. So help us, Lord, because we cannot do it without you. Just ask that you bless the remainder of this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Tune in next time on the Seeking Refuge podcast.